the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, or radio on Twitter today on the podcast. A, well, a special edition of the podcast brought you this podcast earlier today talking about what I think the Denver Broncos need to do, and that's add another, well, offensive or really just in general a football mind. Um, but this podcast going to be geared specific towards one topic, and of course that topic is the bombshell news that uh, Woody Page uh, dropped on the Colorado Springs Gazette. Uh, this is news that has been months in the making. There are uh, several media members, some who knew more than others, and I've actually hinted about this information on the podcast prior, and that's that essentially the bottom line is John Elway wanted to replace Vance Joseph at the end of the season, this being the end of last year, with Mike Shanahan, and that was vetoed by Joe Ellis. We're going to dive into that. We're going to dissect it, and we're also going to take a clip from someone who has essentially been on this since day one. Um, somebody who is very well connected in that being Les Shapiro of Mile High Sports. So we're going to dive into that. But first, our friends at Bespoke Edge, of course, a great men's clothier, not once, but twice, twice voted best men's boutique in the top of the town 5280 magazine voting. Uh, so they're just great people. And, you know, if it's a holiday party that you need a new outfit for, Maybe it's uh, wedding season, of course. Uh, it's essentially around this time of year, you know, particularly the holiday parties. If you need that new wardrobe, go check out my friends at Bespoke Edge. That's BespokeEdge.com. Just as you hear it, that is the website, BespokeEdge.com. That's BespokeEdge.com. So um, there's a lot to unpack here. Now, on Afternoon Drive, Mile High Sports, and I'm going to play you this clip here in a second, and it is quite a long clip, uh, so feel free to uh, listen to the entirety or skip forward if you would like, uh, but I'm going to give you the, the rundown. Essentially, uh, John Elway and Mike Shanahan, back at the end of 2017, this was around late December, met at Elway's house. They met for several hours and essentially agreed upon a handshake deal that John Elway was going to bring in Mike Shanahan to replace Vance Joseph. Now, it is reported by Les Shapiro that Elway offered Shanahan a three-year deal and that Shanahan was to take over if the confirmation or the approval was made of Joe Ellis. Of course, Joe Ellis, who is essentially, as we've talked about on this pack, uh, on this podcast, uh, you could argue the de facto owner, a part of that board of trustees, uh, and somebody who runs the business side overall overseeing for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Shanahan said that, I don't think Joe Ellis will allow this deal to happen. 
This is after the agreed upon between Elway and Shanahan, and that's exactly what happened. He was correct. Joe Ellis vetoed this deal. This is now being widely reported, of course, by uh, multiple sources, and uh, with no refute from the Broncos, this does appear to be confirmed. So uh, there is a lot here to unpack, and, and immediately when you start thinking about it, I think the first person that obviously comes out of this looking really, really bad is Joe Ellis. Because this is somebody who, A, uh, is now acting as not only the final say in business decisions, now in football decisions. And that's the big thing here. Because John Elway was what most thought was getting final say in all of the football decisions. And now it is moving more towards the idea that John Elway still needs approval from uh, Joe Ellis. And whether that, who knows what it could be at this point. I mean, if it's going to be something as serious as a head coach, it could be something as serious as other decisions like quarterback, draft. I mean, we don't know. Now, we imagine that something as little like that, maybe like a draft status, that's not going to be the case, but certainly the business side dabbled into the decision on a football side. And that's a big deal. So this is all talked about in the clip. This is from Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Shapiro, uh, a show I produce on Mile High Sports. And I and I strongly encourage you to um, listen to the entirety of it. And particularly uh, at about the 13-minute mark, and this is actually going to be the 13-minute mark of the... Actual clip, not the real time. I think real time, it's going to be more around the 19, 20, second, uh, 20 minute clip. But this is Afternoon Drive with Goodman Shapiro on Monday, December 17th, talking about the situation of Elway, Shanahan, Ellis, the timeline, and what really went down. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Shapiro, brought to you by Century Chevrolet in Broomfield, or find them at CenturyChevy.com. Century Chevrolet, your way every day. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Les. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Shapiro, Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 104.7. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. Looks just like the show we used to do on Comcast. You can reach us on the hotline and the text line, 303-831-1340. Bristlecone Shooting in Lakewood has the 12 days of Christmas going on right now. Want to get something for your loved one? Want to get something for yourself? Go online to bristleconeshooting.com right now, and they have certain deals every day. But here's the deal. you got to go down to Lakewood to capitalize on those deals. So go online, bristleconeshooting.com. See what you want. See what day is right for you, whether it is a rifle, a handgun, ammunition, lessons. You want uh, a membership. They have all kinds of deals going on during the 12 days of Christmas. Look online, bristleconeshooting.com. Then go down there to pick up your gift for you or for somebody else. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz. Presented by Dave Coe Liquors in Thornton. See why the Guinness Book of World Records calls Dave Coe the largest liquor store in the world. Okay, so uh, traffic apparently left, uh, let up. Les is finally in studio. And with that, Les, let's start it off with the relationships. 
between Elway and Shanahan, Shanahan and Ellis, and then Ellis and Elway, and those relationships on how we got here. That In order to do that, I, I've got to take it back to when John Elway retired, because that's where this all started, all right? So that's what I'm going to do. It actually starts, the story, right around the year 2000, right after John Elway retired. You know, after a tough and, and physical, mentally exhausting 16-year NFL career, John wanted to decompress. He didn't really want a full-time job, um, but he also didn't want to just sit on the couch and veg out. So he asked Mike Shanahan if there was any role he could fill with the organization. And John was particularly interested in the business side of the organization. Remember, he was an economics major at Stanford, and he loved crunching numbers. So if he was going to do anything on the football side, he was interested in helping the club work the salary cap. But that, I'm told, intimidated Joe Ellis. At the time, Joe was in charge of the new stadium. He wasn't the president and CEO of the club. He was in charge of the new stadium, uh, its administration, and its development. And to him, it sounded like John wanted to take over some of his responsibilities. So Joe was reluctant to have John come on board, and it didn't happen. And that was the beginning of a frosty relationship between those two, John Elway and Joe Ellis. So now let's jump ahead to 2008. We're jumping ahead about eight years. It's been a while since the two Super Bowl victories, of course. It had been a couple of years since the playoff win against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the Patriots, and a while since the Broncos' appearance in the AFC Championship game. Mike's record over those last three years, 2006, 2007, and 2008, was 24-24. and 24. You mentioned that in the last segment. He had a 500 record and no playoff appearances in those final three years, and there was a lot of frustration in the building. And a day or two after the season ended in 2008, a newspaper column was written that said, nothing's going to happen, Mike Shanahan runs this team. In other words, Mike Shanahan's the boss, de facto. Well, he wasn't going to fire Mike Shanahan. But, but didn't, didn't Boland come out and say, Shanahan is my coach for life? Yes, he did. A couple years earlier. Okay, yeah. so that's why that columnist probably felt that way. Sure. And there's no reason not to. Right. Well, all of that lack of success the last three years didn't sit well with a lot of people. Um, Joe Ellis among them. And by that time, Ellis was the chief operating officer of the team. He was the COO. He was second in command of Pat Bowen. Um, I'm told the column that was written didn't sit well with either Ellis or Pat Bowen. But by then, Pat was starting to suffer from some dementia. Um, he was still driving a car at the time, and he had some very lucid moments, but he also had some not-so-lucid moments. And, and I personally, Eric, I recognize this personally because of my relationship with Bowen. One day he would invite me into the players' lounge to eat lunch with him and talk to me about our friendship, and then the next day I'd be walking down the hallway at Dove Valley, and it was almost as if he didn't recognize me. He just walked my, past me without even a hello. So I knew something was funny. Uh, it was very curious to me, and, and I eventually found out what was going on with his health. Anyway, the front office was so bothered by the recent Mike Shanahan records and, and by the column that the front office, led by Joe Ellis, decided to remove Shanahan as the head coach. It was that simple. It was done shortly after that. So that led to a frosty relationship between Joe Ellis and Shanahan. So all of these relationships were starting to fray all at once, all right? And now Ellis had consolidated his power. But let's throw something else in there quickly. Yeah. The relationship between Shanahan and Elway 
got frosty. We're not going to get oh, into I'm get, it. I'm getting there. For personal reasons. I'm getting there. So Joe Ellis became the person who hired Josh McDaniels. Ellis felt he was getting a younger version of Shanahan in reality, a great offensive mind, but someone that he, Ellis, could control. After all, you know, McDaniels had never been a head coach before, and he was only 33 years old. But Ellis found out quickly there was no controlling Josh McDaniels. We all found that out. And the next one and a half years was hell for everybody in the building. Uh, everybody. McDaniels was a, a tornado that swept through Dove Valley and destroyed everything in his path. So Joe Ellis had to fire him. He didn't have a choice. And he had to fire him quickly. He did it in the middle of the 2009 season, or 2010 season. So now we jump ahead to 2011. Ellis had to figure out how to rebuild and restore the organizational culture of this organization and restore their success. So he went back to a guy he wasn't in love with at the time, John Elway, but who had a sterling reputation amongst Broncos fans in the media. So he turned to Elway. And by hiring Elway and handing over the football reins to him, Ellis could go back into the shadows, relieving himself of having to make any real football decisions. And and let Elway do that bidding, okay? Right. So basically by hiring Elway and and handing over the football reins to him, Ellis, as I said, could could go back into his office, relieve himself of having to make any more real football decisions. He wasn't very good at it. And he could look like a hero to the masses um, because he was bringing back the real hero to the masses in John Elway. Um, speaking of John now, it, it had been a rough 10 years from the time he retired to this point. Um Despite getting elected to the Hall of Fame five years after he retired in around 2004, he didn't get employment with the NFL team he had led to all that success, the Broncos. He had gone through a divorce, and he also lost his sister and his father uh, in those years. He did have a football job for a while, you might remember. Crush. He ran the Colorado Crush. Well, I might have. Uh, but it was an indoor team in a second-rate professional league, maybe even a third-rate professional league. And they were in Denver and playing in the shadow of the Denver Broncos. So the, there was a little bitterness on John's part, is what I'm told. And some of the bitterness was directed at Mike Shanahan. Um, so their once buddy-buddy relationship uh, had gone south. They weren't so buddy-buddy anymore. So now we skip ahead. After winning the Super Bowl, uh, after the 2015 season, Gary Kubiak returned to coach in 2016. But it was a rough year. Broncos didn't make the playoffs. Kubiak had health issues. He decided to resign. The Broncos, once again, had an opening for a head coach. Kyle Shanahan, Mike's son, was one of the hot names out there. And the Broncos brought him in for an interview. But everyone associated with the deal, Elway, Ellis, everyone named Shanahan, knew it was really just window dressing. He wasn't going to get the job. They had no intention of hiring Kyle Shanahan. Um, and first of all, even before the coaching search began, the Broncos had pretty much decided Vance Joseph was their but, but guy. I wanna, but I want to throw something in here. Yeah. From what I was told, Kyle Shanahan's interview was so incredibly impressive. Elway, from what I understand, wanted Vance Joseph. He wanted Vance Joseph for a while. Yeah. So Elway interviews Vance Joseph for the defensive coordinator position. Yeah. The Bengals won't let him out of his contract, and Elway had to settle, settle, settle for Wade Phillips. Okay. Think about what the direction Vance of the, Joseph. No, had to settle for Wade Phillips. Couldn't hire Vance Joseph, had to settle for Wade Oh, oh his defensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. Think about what the direction of the franchise would look like had Wade Phillips not been the defensive coordinator of this team. Yeah. Okay? So, he, from what I was told, he wanted Vance Joseph. He felt Vance Joseph would be a really good head coach someday. 
Vance Joseph was in John Elway's head when he was looking for a new head coach. I think that Elway wanted to hire Vance Joseph. Plus, Matt Russell was pushing Vance Joseph very, very hard. Kyle Shanahan was so impressive in his interview. I was told that it made Elway pause. This is true. But then throw in the relationship with Mike and Mike and Joe and Mike and John. And then you have Kyle who's involved. I was also told that maybe Elway didn't believe that Kyle could handle a veteran locker room. That's where you came up with the phrase. The phrase was come up. Leader of men. I don't think that Elway looked at Kyle Shanahan as a leader of men like he did Vance Joseph. To me, that was the overriding factor, despite the great interview from Kyle that led us to Vance Joseph. With that, let's take a break, and we're going to continue with this story called The Denver Broncos. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Shapiro, brought to you by Century Chevrolet in Broomfield, or find them at CenturyChevy.com. Century Chevrolet, your way every day. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Les. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Shapiro, Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340 FM 104.7. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. Looks just like the show we used to do on Comcast. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and coming soon to Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. All right, so we continue our Broncos story. Kyle Shanahan, great interview, but John Elway goes with Vance Joseph. Yeah, first of all, everybody pretty much knew that Vance Joseph was going to be the guy. And, and second of all, neither Joe Ellis nor John Elway wanted Kyle as the head coach for this simple reason. They didn't want Mike's influence in the building. They both at the time had frosty relationships with Mike. They didn't want him around. Um, plus, they knew Mike and his son were very close. They talked multiple times a day, I mean, even now, with Kyle in San Francisco. And, and that, no doubt, would have continued if Kyle was the coach of the Denver Broncos. So now we jump ahead one more year to this past off season. Vance Joseph has a disastrous first year as head coach. He's 5-11, and 11, and in everybody's eyes, he looked like he was in over his head, right? Yep. Okay. Um, John Elway recognized that as well, and he wanted to make a change. By then, the relationship between Elway and Shanahan had begun to thaw. They had visited with each other. They had been to each other's homes. They belonged to the same country club. They saw each other at the golf course. Um, they spent time talking. They were buddies again, okay? The relationship was better. And Elway was telling people at the country club that Shanahan was the most brilliant coach he had ever played under. Elway decided Vance Joseph had to go, and Mike was his choice to succeed VJ. On Friday, December 29th of last year, so about a year ago this week, next week, about a year ago, two days before the Broncos' final regular season game against Kansas City, John and Mike met at John's house. They spent, according to... Sources. Sources. They spent six to eight hours together at John's house just talking. And by the end of the visit, John had offered Mike a three-year deal. Offered him a three-year deal, and Mike accepted it. But, but Mike said to John, he said it out loud, I have my doubts that when you go back to Joe Ellis and tell him what we've done, that Joe Ellis will approve it. And he was right. Joe Ellis said, no way, no how. He did not want Mike back in the building. 
So it never happened. It was a done deal, but Ellis put the kibosh on it. By the way, remember, Mike Shanahan, while the head coach in Washington, drafted Kirk Cousins. And you talked about this somewhat in the first segment. And this past offseason, Kirk Cousins was a free agent. And Cousins, was who talks to Mike Shanahan all the time, was willing to come to Denver with Mike at a tremendous discount, at much less money than the Vikings are currently paying him, like 4 to $5 million a year less. That's significant. But, of course, that never happened either. So instead of the Broncos have a, having a head coach-quarterback combination of a Shanahan and Kirk Cousins, they're stuck with Vance Joseph and Case Keenum. Now, you can certainly make the case that those decisions, ego-driven decisions in every corner of this saga, not decisions made for the betterment of the club, decisions made by ego, have cost the Broncos dearly. In fact, they probably set this organization back, oh, I don't know, three to five years. The first two years of Vance Joseph, which had been terrible, plus another two to three years going forward. Because now they have to find another head coach and eventually another quarterback because Case Keenum ain't getting it done either. And that's only the three to five years. That's only if the Broncos make good decisions going forward, right? They get the right quarterback. Yeah. And they get the right coach. And and here's another part to the story. Um, I'm told by a number of people, Joe Ellis and John relationship, uh, Joe Ellis and John Elway's relationship is less than ideal. Less than ideal, considering Joe Ellis hired Elway to make the football decisions. And when Elway decided to bring back Mike Shanahan, Ellis said no. Okay, I'm going to ask you something. Do you have more? Just a little. It's it's just very messy over there right now. And, and when you throw in the ownership situation, it could be messy for a while. Okay. We have a lot to unpack with that because yeah. we have just literally laid out a story over the last 38 minutes. So I'll ask you a couple things. And maybe I'll throw in my two cents. I've never been known to do that, but I'll try and control myself. Have at it. Woody Page says he has five sources on this story. I'm not going to question Woody Page. Woody Page has been doing this for a very long time. With that, I'm not going to call out who his sources are. I have no idea who they are. But could you see a situation where the relationship between John and Joe is frosty? Yes, I, I just stated that. And John is upset about this season. Didn't get his guy that he wanted in Mike Shanahan. Well, when you're told you can make all the football decisions and you mm-hmm. bring a major decision to the CEO mm-hmm. and president of the organization and he says no, it kind of castrates you, doesn't it? That's right. And John is thinking, while looking at Joe, this is not my fault. I wanted Mike Shanahan. I feel I put together a really good roster. I know that if I talk about this to the right person who gets this out there, all of the fingers are going to be pointed at Joe Ellis, and this takes this off my plate. I'm not saying John Elway leaked this story to Woody Page, but I can see that being pretty plausible. Look, a, a lot of people have known about this. That's right. For quite a while. Right. Um some longer than others. Yes. And look, Woody has great sources. And he's, I'm, he's I'm been here for 40 real plus quick, years. I'm not accusing so, John Elway of giving this story well, to, to Woody Page. But, but Eric, I don't know that I don't know that the sources matter. Um I think I, I think I, it does no, I do think it matters. I think it matters a lot. Well because John Elway is taking a lot of heat right now right. for his drafts, for Vance Joseph. He wanted Mike Shanahan, according right. to you, and now Everyone's coming down on John Elway, and he's thinking, why is this my fault? I want to advance out the door. I couldn't get my guy. 
I'm tired of taking the blame for this, and the guy who turned me down is Joe Ellis. No, I get Start it. Start pointing fingers at him. I, I get it, and, and Joe Ellis is going to be portrayed as as maybe the most villainous of everybody involved in this situation because he let his frosty relationship with Mike Shanahan get in the way of making what might have been a better decision than Vance Joseph. So I, I get that, but you know you can't absolve Elway of any blame here. Nope. Um, I mean, even if he had hired Mike Shanahan, he still drafted Paxton Lynch, and he still drafted Brock Osweiler, and he still had some pretty bad drafts. I feel like a roles are reversing so, here. Yeah. Isn't that what I well, usually no, say? I mean, look, n- nobody's perfect in this situation, including Mike Shanahan, you know? Um, so uh, there are a lot of places to point blame, but, yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I think Joe Ellis probably should assume most of that blame. I, I said at the at the end of my story that this organization has been set back quite a few years. If I'm a season ticket holder, I wouldn't be happy hearing about this because they've put an inferior product on the field for quite a few years now. They've missed they're missing the playoffs for the third year in a row. And people around here aren't used to that. Um and and the reason is primarily they drafted poorly at quarterback and they hired poorly at head coach. So there you go. Again, on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Shapiro on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 104.7. That's where also you can catch me on air now, 11 to noon on Mile High Sports Radio, and of course streaming on the Mile High Sports Radio mobile app, which is free for Apple and Android. I think the big thing here is obviously, A, we are now seeing that the business side is... um is bleeding into the football personnel side. And that is a big, big problem. And uh, obviously this just adds to the dysfunction that the Denver Broncos are dealing with, with a head coach that is going to be replaced, a ownership situation that doesn't appear to be at all nearing a resolution. And obviously just a team that is not very good on the football field right now too so lots to unpack here Uh, I do want to take some of the questions that were submitted to me on the Twitter of course at Ronnie K radio is where you can follow me that's at Ronnie K radio and uh, uh, lots to unpack and the first major question is what does this mean long term what does this uh, what is the fallout here what effect could this have on the team and want to thank Advent Nebula for submitting that. And there's going to be multiple things that, that come from the fallout of this and the resolution. And, and uh, it, it immediately starts with the ownership situation. This is going to be brought up and, and there will be an aftermath from this when it comes to uh, the, the ownership situation and the courts and what happens in these lawsuits that begin to happen. Of course, Bill Bolin, Beth Bullen and this whole situation that is now developing. Um, and and I think there's going to be particularly with a lot dating back to the 2000, uh, well, the late 2000 seasons when Mike Shanahan was fired and Joe Ellis's role in that. And what was the mental state, the health state of Pat Bolin? And were they acting in good faith of what they believe Pat Bolin should have been done. And of course, that's the whole gray area with this whole trustee because you never really know, right? You never really know if you are acting truly according to Pat Bolin's wishes because you're not Pat Bolin. And so 
that is going to be brought up. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of turmoil this offseason, and there's going to be a lot of massive headlines. And quite frankly, this may affect them in a potential coaching search now. Because when you look at the Denver Broncos, this is a team that on paper, talent-wise, roster-wise, is pretty talented on the defensive side, though they're going to lose some defensive players. On the offensive side, not bad. They're they're kind of a mid-level roster. But when you're a veteran coach, and that's probably what Denver's going to be seeking is a veteran head coach, you're looking at other things. You were looking at the location of your new position. You were looking at your bosses and the structure and the 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 strength of your front office. And this is now all going to be a problem because if you have two combating heads up top that are now beginning to conflict in what is right or what is wrong, that may creep into the mind of a potential head coach like a John Harbaugh, uh, a Mike McCarthy, a, uh, you know, and really is probably going to creep into the mind into any head coach who may be interested in that position. Now, I'm not saying those guys will be available. I'm not saying that it would or would not. But it is something to think about. It's another thing that's going to think about. It's going to bring thought into that potential position. This is a lot different when this may not sound like a big deal until you start to put teams together side by side. When you're a veteran head coach, you are looking for the optimal position because you have options. It's a lot different than hiring the the new hotshot guy, the 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 next Sean McVay that of course teams are looking for. Those guys are looking to just take whatever is would whatever's available. There's only 32 head coaching opportunities in the league. They're going to take what's available to them. The difference though is that Denver's not going to be looking for that hotshot guy. They're going to be looking for the veteran presence, the John Foxes of the world, the the Mike Shanahan's of the world, somebody who is stable and somebody who knows what they're doing, who can change the immediate culture because the culture is not good right now with Vance Joseph. It's somebody who can establish and bring the ship back to its right position away from the shaky waters and the icebergs because right now, that is what Denver is sailing on. They're sailing on very shaky waters. There is a very poor culture right now. And it's a shaky locker room. And we've gotten to the point now where the writing is on the wall on Vance Joseph. There's no doubt about it. Vance Joseph will not coach in 2019. I suppose we all don't know that for sure. But they've got bigger problems if they're retaining Vance Joseph. So... The, the Broncos are now in a situation where this is going to play out and be a little... There is going to be some blowback that is going to be on the negative side when it comes to this story moving forward. Uh, it was also reported today that by several sources, uh, Mike Clismore, uh, probably most prominently of Nine News, that Mike Shanahan will not be considered for a potential head coaching candidate in 2019 in the event where that is the case. Uh, And I think that's a big mistake because, again, that is now taking one name and immediately scratching it off the board. Now, egos get in the way, attitudes get in the way, past histories that people just cannot get over, 
that is a situation. And certainly, obviously, now playing a part in the Denver Broncos organization because this is a team now that has so much dysfunction. And we're just not sure now who really is getting the final say and calling the shots. Joe Ellis has put himself in a position where he is now a, per se, de facto owner because he is making the business decisions and he is now dabbling his head and his hands into the football decisions. And for those who, of course, who were criticizing John Elway so strongly for the retaining of Vance Joseph, the hiring of Vance Joseph in the first place, the uh, Josh McDaniels situation. This, this goes back so much farther than people think. Now we're starting to see that it's actually Joe Ellis with a lot more say in these situations than we thought. It's a very fanta- It's a very fascinating, very deep very rich story that um, you know. I, I hope that over the next coming days that you get an opportunity to really research, really absorb all this information because there is a lot to talk about. We will be talking about a lot of this on my radio show, 11 a.m. to noon, Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, also on FM 1047, on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on uh, Twitter. And again, of course, presented by Bespoke Edge. Love our friends at Bespoke Edge. BespokeEdge.com, that's BespokeEdge.com. There is so much to this story, and I strongly encourage you to um, really dive into the small details and uh, join me on the conversation because it is going to be a fascinating one that is going to be very much talked about for the next at least coming weeks that um, we'll be unpacking all this. And uh, we'll have some fun with it too. And I'll get your, uh, of course, responses, whether that be phone calls or texts on the show, 11 a.m. to noon, Mile High Sports Radio, and of course streaming on the all-new Mile High Sports app. So that's it for the Broncos Blitz podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. There's a lot of information there. Of course, thank you to... Eric Goodman and Les Shapiro of Afternoon Drive. Of course, you can catch them 4 to 6 Mile High Sports. And then uh, always streaming on milehighsports.com. That's the Mile High Sports mobile app. And, of course, my radio show, 11 a.m. to noon, Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340 FM, 1047. Hope you uh, enjoyed the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Of course, for previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast, find it at milehighsports.com. For all the great writing from all our great writers, that's milehighsports.com. Milehighsports.com. See you, y'all.